Ah! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Mark. And this is our continuing coverage of Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. This episode, we're covering episode number seven, entitled, Will the Real May Please Stand Up? Please stand up. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's the first oh. thing that came to my mind when I when I saw the, the title of it. It's a karaoke session now. Yeah, all right. Before we... <laughs> Before we get into it, we don't want to be sued by Eminem. Yeah. Um, special thanks, of course, as always. Uh, I haven't said it for the past couple of weeks, but just to reiterate, thank you to Apple TV for providing us the screeners for this and the access to be able to cover this series F- uh, for all of you out there that are listening. Um, this episode is dropping a day early. Uh, usually we drop on Mondays, but with this week being Christmas Day on Monday, we decided to drop it just a little bit early, just so, who knows, maybe you'll be in the car traveling to like somebody's house or something like that on Christmas Day, and you'll already have it to listen to. Is that wishful thinking? Not really. A lot of people listen to podcasts I do in my car when I travel, so. Yeah. No, I mean, is it wishful thinking to think that they would listen to coverage of a Godzilla TV show on Christmas Day? Very true. Yeah. Uh, you would think they would be listening to something more Christmassy based, <laughs> like the Hannah. Well, Wattingham. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That. Oh it's man. Special. So, so in in regards to episodes that are releasing on Christmas Day, I'll I'll get these plugs out here real quick, um, yeah. out of the way. So as I mentioned, this one is releasing on Christmas Eve. Uh, on Christmas Day, however, here on Wilhelm is my end of the year holiday feedback special, which I'll be taking, uh, reading a bunch of feedback and playing a bunch of feedback and talking about, you know, what people watch on Christmas and what are their favorite Christmas movies. I'll be revealing my own as well. And then over on the revisited podcast, since you brought up Hannah Waddingham, mm-hmm. uh, Kristen and I are taking a break from the Ted Lasso coverage to actually bring you our thoughts on uh, Hannah Waddingham's home for Christmas. Yeah. So you can listen to conversation about Hannah Waddingham's Christmas special on Christmas day. If you want to just by going over and uh, checking out revisited podcast. There you go. So before we jump into this week's episode, we did get a piece of feedback from uh, on in regards to last week's episode, episode six, uh, terrifying miracles. And that came from our friend, Steve. So before we dive into episode seven, we're going to play his feedback real quick. It came to us a little late after we had recorded, um, but we still want to play it. So we're going to play that now here at the top of the episode, just in case maybe he brings up some questions that kind of need to be answered before we dive into episode seven. So uh, before we get too far, let's go ahead and let's play that now. Hello, Mark and Ben, and this is Steve. And I may have already missed the deadline for Monarch episode six. But you did. Maybe not, I don't know. I'll try to get this sent in here quick. <laughs> I'm right there with you, Lee. Those fruity drinks with the umbrella six. Yeah, I can't stand them either. Oh, it looks like Lieutenant Lee now has captain's bars on his shoulders. 
Okay, this dance really seems to be a lot of chemistry there between Keiko and Captain Shaw. Oh, isn't that interesting from Shaw that anyone who disagrees with them is just crazy. They're trying to hide something. Yeah, this convoluted plot is just getting more and more convoluted. So Duval is now with the Colonel and them, but she's also still with Monarch. I don't, ah. Uh. Okay, so Gamma Ray Spikes is the way they're going to track the Titans. Oh, Monster Island. What's this? Ooh, so yeah, Duvall and May are having a meeting in the mines there that uh, Duvall is going to get May back to her family or home, whatever it was that she agreed upon uh, when they get out of the desert. <gasps> Hiroshi. Okay, seriously, there's like 20 minutes, 16, 17 minutes left in this episode and you're going to take us away from Hiroshi waving them off to somebody floating on a raft. Seriously. Okay, so we're back to <laughs> young Bill. Well, what is Tim doing being here now? We're flat. We're flashing back and forth between young Bill Lee and the ah, the present. Ah, oh, and here comes Godzilla, or is it another Titan? Um, overshadowed by the presence of Godzilla is that Keiko and uh, Captain Shaw exchanged a kiss. We have Godzilla. Oh, May coming (laughs) clean to Kentaro and uh, the other one. And Kate, right? Yeah. All right. On to next week. Okay. So nothing too pertinent in there that we need to kind of break down and discuss <laughs> before we start talking about this week. Ooh, um, Hiroshi. <laughs> who, who was the man on the raft? I don't. Was he talking about the 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 Titan phone that was floating out in the water? Maybe. I think he was because yeah. we would have brought that up last week. <laughs> I, was yeah, like, I Wait, remember him. Let's see. I remember a man on a raft. Unless he saw something else that he was flipping in between. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I, my my guess is he was probably talking about the the Titan phone that was out on the raft that uh, Suzuki had going out there. Yeah. So that that's my guess. Uh, but no. But uh, thank you, Steve, for that. And we'll thank Steve again later because he actually did leave a piece of feedback for episode seven as well. Uh, but let's dive into episode seven. And right off the bat, hmm. we called it last week. Yeah. Tim did not die in that crash. No, nah, he he's like a cockroach. Can't kill him. <laughs> well, okay that's that's not right i mean so i mean because we get a little bit more in my opinion some good stuff from tim this episode you know it's, oh. it's kind it's, yeah. it's 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 kind of been a little you know if this then that kind of with tim but you know this episode we're we're seeing a fed tim is fed up yeah He's, he, he's fed up with everything. He wants to leave Monarch <laughs> at this point and help these kids in some way. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree that he wants to leave Monarch, but he's very frustrated with. He's frustrated in particular with Verdugo. Oh yes, you know very because much frustra- you can feel the frustration from him with. They have a like even with the conversation, and this is towards the end. It's right before she may, does the press conference. He, you could tell in his face and in his tone, he was like, "He goes, no, we we have to go public." Yeah, and that's it's like we're 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 too busy playing, you know, like spies, 
that are hidden to the world, but yet Monarch is still, you know, it, it is known, obviously, because people have seen these people with the suits, the the symbol and everything, but apparently it's not public so in the public eye where people know the name and casually could talk about it or it's on the TV or radio. Yeah, I think I think up until this point, up until this episode or the end of this episode, Monarch has pretty much been like the men in black. Yes. They without neuralizers to erase people's memories. You know, <laughs> we've we've seen that Kate has seen the Monarch symbol before, other people have seen the Monarch symbol before, but they've never been a public entity. Tim even says it himself at the end like it's time to come out of the shadows. Yeah. And you know, that's just it. Like they needed to come out of hiding. They needed people to know who they were and what their intentions are. And, you know, we talked a little bit about this too, that by the next point in the timeline of the legendary monster verse, which is Godzilla King of the monsters, Monarch is public. Mm. They are, they are known to the world. And I think they're even in court. They're in court hearings. Yes, they are you know, questioning either some of their means or trying to be legitimized. I can't remember exactly why they're they're in court sessions, but Monarch is known to the public. And we've, I thought it was actually a pretty cool moment that at the end of this episode, we got to witness it. We got to see Monarch actually come out, uh, yeah. you know, to the world. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. Throughout uh, this, I, I, uh, I, I've been, I've been, dabbling with this in my head because even if we don't get an answer for it at the end of the season it'll still be there laying on my brain we we already have these uh these theories that you know Hiroshi is really Lee and Keiko's son uh I'm starting to think with uh Tim's obsession with Lee maybe he's (laughs) Lee's son I have it in the back of my head. I, it's far-fetched, but uh, it's like in the back of my head. I was thinking about that. Do you know what's funny? Is I actually had that same exact thought uh, back around episode three. Yeah. Is what if Tim is related to Shaw mm-hmm. as well? Um, That is a weaker theory. In it my is mind. weak, yeah. Because there's not really anything to kind of legitimize that. There's nothing to kind of even tie into that. No. It could be just a very, very, very loose theory. Um, But while we're on the topic of theories, mm-hmm. I know we're, we're, I, we're definitely jumping around quite a bit because we've already gone to the end, towards the end of the episode with Monarch on public. Um, yeah. And I'm going to, and I'm going to stick towards the end because talking about theories that we've had, we had another theory of mine come to fruition. Yes. In that I predicted whatever May's shady shit was, <laughs> it had something to do with the origin of Apex. And I was right. Yep. That is true because uh, I actually put it in my notes regarding that. Uh, it's. <sighs> I'm forgetting who her boss was, her, the boss's name, but she. Brenda, Cora, Brenda Holland. Okay, what Core did was destroy all the files for a cybernetic neural interface, which is mm-hmm. what we saw Sarazawa's son use when controlling Mecha Godzilla with the Ghidorah head or skull yep. as a mind link. And that's that's what that was referencing. But uh, yeah. 
AET was in charge of uh, all this, I guess, experimentation and and theories. And then we see the birth of Apex at the end of this episode as well in that um, I haven't written in my notes. Where is it? Uh, Walter Simmons, another familiar name from the legendary MonsterVerse, mm-hmm. who is the head of Apex. We actually meet him in Godzilla versus Kong. Correct. Uh, and he meets his demise in Godzilla versus Kong <laughs> as well, being swiped away by the uh, the claw of Mecha Godzilla. Yep. Uh, but it's funny, but yeah, because like I had I I had earlier predictions that whatever May was involved with, I mean, if if people remember, I had said like I wonder if it has something to do with Apex or the early stages of Apex, and we find out that Apex is. In this episode, an extension of AET, Applied Experimental Technologies. And what was so funny is as I was watching this episode, you know, they're doing all these flashbacks to May or a.k.a. Cora. Yeah. Working working with Brenda, working with AET. And we hear that conversation that you made mention of with the um, cybernetic neural interface unit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm like, well, that's interesting because that would kind of play into mecha godzilla yes and then we see the neural links and i'm like that looks an awful lot like what sarazawa's kid had on mm-hmm. and then we see the logo for apex towards the end of the episode and i'm not gonna lie i was sitting in my chair watching this episode and the moment the apex logo started forming on the screen i literally screamed i fucking called it i got excited that i was actually right about that theory yeah so you know jumping again jumping around a little bit but i'm i'm excited that my theory got uh got proven (laughs) um what about you well let's uh let's let's switch it over to your side where do you kind of there's a lot still on the table that we haven't talked about yet so um uh, I'll uh, let's let's change it up. Uh, what do you where do you want to go? Well, we could go to where you know May actually comes through. They find out who she really is, and we find out about the the passport from her sister and why she had it. Yeah, we get a lot of backstory this episode on May, which I really enjoyed because, you know, anytime we get episodes of this series where there's there's flashbacks and there's backstory to the origins of these characters, they're very, (laughs) as we learned from episode four, (laughs) they're not always the best. No, Uh, you know, the stuff that we got with Kentaro and May, we we've talked about in in extreme detail how much we disliked a lot of that and we were let down by that episode and then we got backstory of kate and her relationships and that worked that definitely worked better this one i enjoyed i was definitely full into this one i enjoyed seeing you know finding out about lyra we got we got to meet her sister lyra who we've had mention of before uh, you're right. We found out about the passport, why she had the passport of two different people. And we find out the most important thing, which is May's real name, which mm. is Cora. Yep. 
And uh, we do see a little bit more of Kate and her affections for May slash Gora. <laughs> so do you, th- do you, so do you think there is a budding relationship between the two of them? I do believe it. And then on top of that, I, you can see it on Ken's face. Like when he's like looking at them from the side in the car. He's like, he's a little bit of jealousy of it. Yeah. There's definitely some jealousy coming from Kentaro in the back seat there. Yeah. Um, you know, we see a little bit of it earlier on too in the episode and where, you know, they're in AET and, you know, Brenda had made the deal that, you know, she needed to spy, but, um, Cora didn't want to be a part of it. So she told them that she couldn't fought, she couldn't be with them anymore. She still had to go back on the run. She couldn't talk to her family. And we see a little bit of that affection there as well. Yeah. In Kate is trying to show her some of that affection, but may is pushing her away. And now towards the end of the episode, we're in there in the car and may is finally a free person again. Yeah. And she's rejoined the team. You're right. We do see a lot more of that affection. We see yeah. Kate come up from behind, put her hands on her shoulders, and may kind of return that affection. Yeah. Yeah. And that that was like, okay, yeah, I'm believing this. <laughs> I think it's been something that's been hinted at for a while, but yeah, I I'm, think so I'm with you on that one. It, it's just slight innuendo on it. But the uh, the cool thing too about it is how they were able to find everything on Cora, so Tim winds up taking them to the house and meeting up with uh, mm-hmm. the the mother and I believe the brother and sister. Is there a brother there too? Uh, there That's was another. There was another male there, but I'm not sure who that was. Um, an old friend or a boyfriend? Well, or- so I think I, I think she does have a brother as well that we see earlier on. But I'm I'm the scene where she returns home at the end of the episode where they're all playing Scrabble around mm-hmm. the table. There yeah. is another man at the table, and it's not her brother. Um, I don't know who that male man is. I think he just was just a background actor who's just somebody at the house. Yep, like, another character. He was over for game night that, and he just happened <laughs> to be there when May came yeah. home. Yeah, it, it was it was cool though, but I, I just love how they go in about it and how they explain why they're there. Uh, they are internet friends that and they're like, wait, you're from Japan, you're from, <laughs> and it's a manga thing. <laughs> I loved hearing Tim list off like all those different mangas. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because it gave me more insight into Tim as a character because, like. Uh, this was not a backstory for Tim. Tim knew all that manga. Yes, he did. So Tim is a manga fan, mm-hmm. which kind of makes his character a little bit more endearing. Yes, you know, I, I just he, loved it. <laughs> you know, he was the he's the worker that's been in the base, cooped up in the basement of Monarch all this time. He's finally let out, and we're kind of learning a little bit more about him. That just makes us kind of, I guess, kind of like him as a character this episode. Yeah, yeah, it, I I really appreciated him more and his character more 
from the very beginning, especially when they're in the airport. And he's like, he walked all the way from the desert to the airport <laughs> and yeah. he's hot as hell. And they just like bombard him with all these questions. And he's like, he doesn't want to be bothered at that point. Cause even like you said before, he is the frustration and him being fed up with Monarch, Monarch and everything. He, he seems a little bit more, I don't know, maybe surviving the near death experience of a Godzilla sighting kind of made him more confident yeah because he he definitely seems more confident of a character yeah this episode yeah he's officially a field agent if you think about it (laughs) yeah now he is i mean not only that i'd even take it a little bit further in that he went from a basement dweller at monarch to kind of almost being verdugo's right hand correct yeah he he kind of replaced duval at at a certain point and and it's so funny just to give a comparison to. And I think when I think of Tim now, I think more of Mulder from X-Files. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, God, it's been so long since I've watched X-Files. And I never finished it. But I could see, I could definitely see a lot of that comparison. But you're right. Like, I mean, it seems like he's kind of taken up for Duvall. But Duvall was more, I think, like kind of like the skilled hitman soldier type and yes yeah tim seems like he's the brains of the operation i mean he's even he's the one that talks verdugo into being the face of the company and going public with the company yes he he does and i but he was also not considered anything important because he did come from the basement he was just the guy behind the computer in the basement that they left down there probably looking for a stapler and uh, they, (laughs) they take him out and she didn't have any confidence in the world with him. But, you know, because by what the second episode, it's like you lost these kids again. What's, what's going on here. And then now she's feeling a little bit more confident in his information and what he's able to do. Yeah. He's proven his worth. Yeah. Um, He's proven not only his worth, but he's proven to be correct. Yeah. In many of the things that he said, you know, and like instead of treating, you know, Kate, Kentaro and May like criminals, we should have been having bringing them in to help. And and he was right. And now it seems almost like in that scenario, Monarch has lost a little bit of the power. Kate, Kentaro and May have the power now. Yeah, well, they they know where Lee's going. That is how they're able to work everything out towards the end. Uh, they. Now Monarch needed them to find Lee Shaw. Yeah. I don't I don't know if they know exactly where Lee is, but I'm sure they have an idea how to find him. Yeah, they have a way to figure it out with yeah. what clues they have from their their father and his research in yeah. comparison it's- to to what uh well with Tim was to Monarch at one point too, because he was exactly able to figure it out. Exactly. These are two entities that should have been working together to begin with. Yeah. And one hunting the other. Exactly. Or yeah, the one running from, from the other one. Um, I do like too, that we do get a little humor out of Tim this episode as well. Um, (laughs) one of my favorite parts was, (laughs) it was when he was on the phone, when he was sitting in the airport, he was on the phone with Verdugo and he's like, yeah, now they're saying that like we, now they think we kidnapped May. Wait, we didn't kidnap May, did we? <laughs> we didn't kidnap her, did we? <laughs> like, well, I mean, and that kind of just goes to show you that 
Monarch has been a part of some shady shit before that he actually had to question it. Mm-hmm. He had to question whether or not Verdugo and Monarch had anything to do. Yeah, with because May's they're constantly hiding them. Uh, they're hiding things from him. Uh, uh, it's Verdugo not really filling in Tim with everything. It's like on a need to know basis for, from her. Yeah. Uh, at times. Uh, the cool thing, too, we do get out of it. We get the Titan alert that Monarch was working. It was unofficial. They haven't even tested it. And then now they have to explain it. That was the whole point of the of them having the press regarding the said issue. So now San Francisco or C- and always in Seattle, they uh, that's why now everybody knows of Monarch. And I thought that was pretty cool. But apparently they have access. Monarch has access to um, CCT uh, security cameras and stuff in the cities. So they that can monitor. Didn't, that didn't surprise me one bit. Yeah. I mean, the, the amount of access that Monarch has in secret, like access to CCTV did not surprise me at all. No. I mean, local law enforcement can get access to CCTV. There's, it didn't surprise me that Monarch could hack into CCTV and get, yeah, they well and get they, access they, to it. I think they they hire hackers. Well, considering look at AET hired Cora. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they that in that conversation where Cora talks about you know the um uh, the cybernetic uh, neuro interface unit when when that kind of is revealed as they're walking down that hallway, she's pointing out. You know, this is a hacker from Japan. This guy worked for Candy Crush. Like, yeah, they are literally just bringing in what seems like I don't even want to say it's an all star team. It might just be they're pulling in resources almost to just prevent these people from working on anything else. Mm. Because, you know, May is even saying, like, you brought me in for big things and I'm just working on medial work. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it seems like they hired these people and brought them in just to kind of keep them busy. Yes. So they don't attack their stuff <laughs> later on, which May winds up doing. Which May ends up doing anyway. <laughs> you know, yeah, she ends up, you know, d- disabling security into this unit. She goes down, she sees what it is, and she destroys it. She, yeah. you know, she destroys all the information about it. And it seems like... You know, when you look at the timeline of the the MonsterVerse, all she really did was slow it down. Because mm. it's it's going to get bad <laughs> as it goes through. But, you know, it was nice seeing that by the end of this and all the reveals about May's family, we do get a little bit of relief for May. She is freed up. Monarch makes the deal with AET or, you know, with, with Brenda Holland mm-hmm. and May is able to go home. She doesn't have to hide who she is anymore. She's able to go home and she rejoins Kate and Kentaro by the end to be a part of everything that's happening. So she's no yeah. longer on the run. She's no longer watching her back, which is gotta be a huge relief for May. I believe it is too. And it's nice. Uh, but at first she didn't really want to go with them. She basically flat out tells Kate and Kintaro that it's like, I used you. I didn't care for your issue of your dad and looking for your dad. I needed that to, to cover up and hide what was going on. 
and get away from whoever, you know, AD was trying to find me. So, and then she goes, I don't want to continue it. And then she has a change of heart. And then, and then she yeah, goes it, back. It seems like she almost now is is rejoining because she wants answers, but I think she also wants to protect protect Kate and Kentaro. Yes. Cause she even says like, you know, Monarch made a deal with this shady as shit company. Mm -hmm. So we're not out of the woods yet. Like this isn't over. She's not watching her back anymore, but she knows this is this whole thing is not done. Yeah. It's not over yet. Yeah. So she wants to continue. Yeah, she wants to continue to be a part of it so that she can watch their back. Now, that's that's how I took it. Yeah, same here. Um, but but now you know with that whole thing, it really opens up a question: What was the agreement? Because we never get an answer, not yet, yeah. anyway. Yeah, we never got an answer, so we'll find out, I guess. So because Verdugo made some kind of agreement with with Brenda that allowed them to get May back in return. And we don't know what that is, but it's probably not going to be fun. Nope. Um, question for you. Mm-hmm. And so after Kate, Kentaro and Tim go to visit May's family, we see. We have we hear that whole conversation that you brought up earlier with with Lyra, May's sister, talking about the manga and you know pretending to be kind of like not pretending, but just <laughs> not revealing all the information about why they're actually there. Yeah. And in the next scene, we see the three of them follow Lyra into a parking garage and Lyra actually confront them in the parking garage. So my question to you is. Mm-hmm. Was Lyra going somewhere or did she intentionally leave that house knowing they would follow her? No, that was purely intentional. That's my belief, too. I think she knew that they were going to follow her. She wanted to get more answers from them and find out what they were up to. So her sister has a lot of uh, gumption to her. She really does. And I, that, I'm i the same exact uh, thought process as well, is that she intentionally left the house knowing they would follow her so that she could confront them and not confront them in their home because she doesn't want her mother to worry. Yeah. That's, you know, I, cause I don't think her mother knows may is on the run. Lyra does. Yeah. Well, Lyra already knew everything that, you know, from the time that, that Cora was actually asking for her, her passport. And then, Telling her, yeah, in two weeks, call it in as being stolen. And then that way, at that point, she is May in Japan. <laughs> yeah. By that point. And then she just left it at that. And, and I'm sure Lyra concocted that whole story to her mother about where she was or what was going on. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking through all my notes and I'm realizing this episode of the podcast might not be that long because... I mean, we still have feedback to do and other stuff, and we still yeah. have more to talk about on this episode, but it might not be as nearly as much because, and my feeling on this is that this episode, because at the end of this episode, there's only three episodes left of the yeah. podcast, eight, nine, and 10. I have a feeling the real meat of what is about to happen is going to be in the next three episodes. I believe so too. 
this was an episode to kind of fill the, the <laughs> Uh, but I wouldn't say it was a bad filler episode. It did give key things for us to look into about characters and where they're at, their yeah. history, and how th- and certain ones like Tim developing. So yeah, it this- wasn't just a, a throwaway episode. No, this was a big this was a big character development episode. Yes. Um, you know, to have a character like May who was constantly watching her back, constantly on the run, her life was a mystery. It needed to be resolved before the actual main plot was resolved. So this was a good opportunity to do it. And doing it at this point worked well um, at, at the same time, because now it frees up a lot of ability to tell the main story for seven, eight and nine. Yes. Or I'm sorry for eight, nine and ten. Uh, I think eight is going to be next episode is going to be really setting up what the end of the season is going to be. Nine is going to be a lot of heavy story driven uh, procedural leading into probably something. uh, I don't know, maybe something major that will leave you amped up waiting for the finale. And then you know, it'll take us into the finale. And you and I were talking a little bit about this beforehand. There hasn't been an announcement yet for a season two for, uh, from Apple. Nope. Often, oftentimes if the show is successful, we would have gotten the season two premiere or the season two announcement at this point. By the middle Um, of every season, usually you're told, Hey, we're going to give you, Unless, like you were talking about last week, where it was possibly a cliffhanger for episode 10, and then then they would actually either, you know, release it stating. And that. and that's my that's my guess, and that's my theory. <laughs> yeah, another theory on the show. Um, again, we have the screeners for the entire series season, but we have mm-hmm. I have not watched ahead, and I think you've only watched the eight. Right. Yeah, that's all I watched too. Yeah, so you haven't watched nine and ten. Nope. Um, and I I won't watch ahead because I like seeing these reveals as they happen. So yeah, my my guess is that my prediction is that season two has already been greenlit, mm-hmm. but season one is going to end in such a way that to reveal a season two is coming is kind of a bit of a spoiler. So they're going to wait to do the season two announcement until either right as episode 10 is airing or shortly after. Well, there's a good question for you. When is okay. uh Godzilla X Kong come out? And when does Monarch legacy of monsters end? Ooh, that's a, that way, maybe they could actually have a trailer before the movie come, like before the movie comes on. They so, could have a trailer for that. So season one is going to end well before Godzilla X Kong. Um, Godzilla X Kong is April twelfth of twenty twenty four. Oh, okay. Yeah. So and Monarch Legacy of Monsters, the final episode is January twelfth of twenty twenty four. So. Uh, so a good three, uh, you know, four months yeah. in between the two. Uh, I don't think the lead if if season one does end on a cliffhanger, I 
don't think it's going to be a tie-in to Godzilla X-Kong. Me neither, but I'm just thinking for promotion that they would just do that because they want to bank on this. It's still part of a legendary, so it's a good tie-in. I'm almost wondering, I mean, and the trouble is, too, I know we're a little off topic and we... We're not off topic. We're still talking Monarch, but we have to get back to the episode, and we will. Um, I'm almost wondering what the ratings have been. And it's tough because it's a streaming show. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, you know, it's kind of tough to, to gauge that. You know, looking at some of the reviews and the ratings, Rotten Tomatoes got it at an 84%. IMDb has it at a 7.2. So it's it's getting good ratings. Yeah. Not great, but very, very good. Well ratings. received. It's being well received right now. So Yeah. Um, and I'm almost wondering what Metacritic is giving it as well, even though I don't trust Metacritic nearly as much. <laughs> as I do, although I'm on Metacritic now and they gave Aquaman a 44. So yeah, maybe I trust them a little bit <laughs> <laughs> because uh, they gave it a 70. So it's actually decent on Metacritic as well. There you go. So it's got, it's got ratings enough to, um, to get the season two. Yeah. It's just a matter of when is, and I, again, I think they got it. It's just a matter of their waiting and when is Apple going to release it. I think I think we're going to see it right around the time of uh the finale. Yeah. Same here. That's my guess. But let's get back to the let's get back to the, the actual episode. episode yep. Now that we just use that as our own little filler to fill out the episode a little bit. <laughs> we're guilty of it too. Uh we have to talk about the Lee Shaw of it all. Yeah, <laughs> that rhymed. I didn't even realize it. Yeah. Um, so I'm left a little confused when it comes to Lee in this episode, because it makes me, you know, when we see him in this episode, he's coming in, he's back to Alaska, him and Duval are working together and they kind of hijack the Monarch station mm-hmm. up in, up in Alaska. And yep. they give everybody the option to leave whoever wants to leave. Like, do you want to be on the right side of history, stay and help or, you know, or be on your way. Yeah. So he's not holding it hostage. He's just kind of, he's hijacking the resources. Yeah. He's just hijacking like explosives, the helicopters, everything that he needs. Radar, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All the technology, all the tech that he needs and, and and manpower. And manpower, yeah, because he's literally he needs to help to get it, it can't just be him and Duval. So he he's getting people onto his team. <laughs> because yeah, you know, and because Monarch has their own and now Monarch and Kate and Kentaro and May are on the same team at that point. Yeah. Working together. And- and when I say like this, it left me a little confused about Lee. It almost made Lee seemed a little villainous. Yes, it episode. did. I wanted. Yeah, I was going to mention that, too. It seemed like he was a little bit evil. Yeah, not mustachioed, twirling evil, but at least, you know, kind of sinister. Maybe yeah. he was dipping into his uh, ego vibe from Marvel. oh that ego got it (laughs) the living ego the living planet yes ego um 
yeah, so like I didn't know what to think about Lee um, until I saw, and you know, upon second viewing, like I I thought about it. And I'm like, okay, like he did give these people the option to leave. He wasn't, yeah, nobody was holding anybody at gunpoint. He basically just came in and said, hey, guess what? I'm taking over here. If you want to help me, you can. If not, you can go get out. It is what it is. <laughs> but it I'm does your stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it does kill a theory that I had uh, earlier in that, mm-hmm. you know, I said that there's potential that if Lee was in the hidden earth or middle, not middle earth, that's Lord of the Rings, hollow earth, um, yeah. hollow earth, yeah. you know, and he wanted to get back there. He was going to do everything he could to get back, but destroying that rift that's not exactly getting back. That's no, closing no. it off. That's so, closing it off so nobody could get to it. Which, you know, he, he's still trying to save the world, according to him. So I think, yeah, I think it's a lot of, you know, because he does say in the last episode that he wants to help Godzilla. I'm starting to believe that maybe his sense of helping Godzilla is closing off the rift all the rifts that are there so that other titans can't come out basically so that godzilla just doesn't have to fight correct that's that's my guess on it um because we see him set off the explosives outside of the rift in alaska that we saw back in i think episode four and then the frost war um, comes up for the attack during it which Funny enough that you bring up the Frostmark because in the f- the first time I watched this after the explosives go off, I was like, "Oh, like did he kill the Frostmark? Like, yeah. I don't know what happened. What happened to the Frostmark?" And then upon second viewing, you it's very quick, but yeah. you can see the Frostmark is in the vortex. Yes, it go, gets yeah. sucked when into it gets the sucked vortex and to go down. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So it sends the Frostmark back underground along with the closing off of the Vortex um, or of the Rift. Um, But it does open up another question. Okay. There's a particular line that Shaw says in this episode or in this scene where they are closing it off. He says to Duvall, now watch this. He's seen this before. Yes. So he knew. So I'm hoping we get to see that flashback. Yeah, me as well. Um, Could this be the mission that went wrong that Tim referenced earlier? Possibly. And and that maybe that's how he got stuck in it. And that's how he knew the Frostvark would have gone in. And be Ooh, that's, a good po- that's a good possibility because we know. Look, I'm sticking to my theory that something happened and he's. Yeah. Time stopped for him or like he time traveled or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <He> teleported. <laughs> I, I think time travel is a little. I think I time travel is a little bit off. I, I'm yeah. thinking I'm going with what you're thinking as far as time, time slows down and slows Hollow Earth. down in hollow earth. And yeah. what could be t- 10 years could be a week there. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I'm of the same the same thought process too. In that I think I think you're right. I think when he says, "Now watch this," he's seen this before. It's probably the mission that went bad. Yeah, and you brought up a good point. I think there's a possibility that he he got sucked down in the vortex. Yeah, but he found a way out. 
he was able to get out in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if that's the case, does the Keiko is still alive theory still hold water? I don't know. Um, I'm hoping it does. Same error. But, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see. Yep. <laughs> we shall see. The only other thing I have mm-hmm. on, in my notes, at least, because again, we, we've covered most of the episode. This is a lot. Um, it, it's kind of a filler, but not exactly a filler. It's more character development and a lot of it surrounded around May. And we, we did cover most of it for the most part. Um, the only other question I have is when Tim is being debriefed by Verdugo and he says, Oh, you know, we were there. Godzilla came up. He was majestic and scary. Yeah. Uh, he came out of nowhere and then he went away back to nowhere. Okay. Where did Godzilla go? How did nobody notice this giant lizard? Huge thing. Yeah. And it's not like it ran away. <laughs> it walked off. So where did it go? I mean, did it burrow is, back into the ground and hide itself? Is there another rift somewhere in that area that he went into? Did you know? Um, the That's o- in the Algeria other- too. Yeah, and the the other the theory I did read about that is because it was in Algeria, it's not far from the Mediterranean Sea, so he could have just gone right back out into the water. That's a possibility, which yeah. is a, which is a possibility, but it's never revealed because remember Hiroshi is still out there too. Yeah. <laughs> so and I want to see where he went and where he left off because he got me away. Too. With the truck. <laughs> me too. Maybe he has a way of traveling through hollow earth. I mean, who knows? Mm. Um, Cause he seems to be able to get the different points of the world without Monarch being able to track him. Yep. He's pretty fast about it. So maybe he has a way to travel. Yeah. You know, through these through these pipelines who knows um i'm just really looking forward to what episodes eight nine and ten are going to be and i'm looking forward to more theories hopefully coming to fruition yeah but i want to turn it back over to you do you have anything else that we might not have talked about in this episode that you wanted to kind of bring up actually no I, I covered <laughs> everything that I think I had. <laughs> um, the only other thing I have was a little bit of a, a little bit of a nitpick, man. Kintaro just seemed whiny to me this episode. Oh yeah. Well, well, honestly, if you look at the whole season so far, Kintaro has been kind of whiny the whole season. I think you just got to the point of really stop whining. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, I've never been in a first class. Shut up. Like, like you you already are you're ready to give up on on May, on your sister. Yeah. All because your father drove off. Like, take it like take a step back from the scenario and look at everything. You were in the midst of a Godzilla appearance. Um what else did you expect him to do? dance and it just and it just adds more (laughs) dance that would have been funny actually and it just adds more credence to something that kate said that he probably drove off so that got so that he could take kind of lead godzilla out of there yeah and if that's what he did do you expect him to turn around and come back (laughs) like I, i don't know just 
Kentaro just seemed very whiny to me this episode yeah. and more so I'll say more so than usual. Yeah, I I feel you on that. So uh, before we get into feedback for the episode, I just want to make quick mention that there is Mark and I actually watched it together before we started recording. Uh, there is a mid season trailer that released about two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, we just watched it for the first time tonight, and there's a couple of very interesting things in the trailer that we have not seen yet. Um, it looks like we do see another instance where there is a rift vortex. Correct. Um, it looks like it is in the past, so that adds a little credence to what we were talking about, about potentially Lee. This is where Lee has seen it before. Uh, we see a moment in the trailer with May and Kate in what looks like a round vessel of some sort. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of like uh, if you guys remember Flash Gordon back in the eighties with Doctor Zarkov. Yeah, they have like straps around them, and they they're back to back on this round thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. You can go Flash Gordon. I was gonna go Apollo thirteen, but okay. Well, that'll work too. <laughs> um, that'll work too. Yeah, that'll work too. Um, so is that them traveling down into a rift? Who who knows? Who knows? Uh, but the coolest thing, and it makes me so excited because I know it's gonna be saved for the finale, is we're gonna see a monster fight. Yes. I'm we are gonna see to that. We, we are going to see spoilers. It's in the trailer, so it's not really a spoiler for the season. Yeah. We're going to see Godzilla versus the Ion Dragon. Yeah. But the one thing that we've been, we've been getting smatterings of Titans, like with Godzilla, the Frostvark, uh, that dragon, obviously. And we, we get a little bit of these to, to, oh, you know, because the, the show is called Monarch <laughs> Legacy of Monsters. Yeah. So we got to see some monsters. We got to see a little bit at the very end of this episode. Obviously, we're going to get our fill towards the end of the uh, the season with the last three episodes. I'm pretty sure we're going to at least with at least all three episodes. We're going to have at least like some major event with a Titan. Yeah, like I said, I'm assuming that monster fights probably going to be saved for the finale. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, so. and and rightfully so. I mean, come on. Like. Yeah. Well, that's it, it's a lead up like by like any kaiju kind of movie where, you know, you you'll get hints in the very beginning of the movie. It's all character driven, story based. And then come by the midpoint, you get more build up of the monster and more. And then you get that big fight at the very end that yeah. you're all looking forward to seeing. I mean, the only spoiler is we know who's going to win. <laughs> Yeah. But it's still going to be fun to watch. Oh, yeah, it always is. So I'm not going to lie about that. Uh, you usually bring them. So any quotes or anything you want to bring up before we go into feedback for the episode? Actually, I add off this particular episode. I didn't get anything in quotes. <laughs> All right. It's, it was the weirdest thing. I was like, I said that to myself before we sat down because I transferred my notes because I sit in front of my TV and I have a laptop and I just type away as I'm uh -huh. going. And then usually I'll pause it uh, because I have subtitles on and then I'll get the quote exactly. Yeah. So to, to give you an insight of podcasting with me, but yeah, I, I didn't find anything appealing. That's quotable. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like I said, the only quote that really stuck out to me was that one with Tim where, you know, where he was like, you know, Oh, they have, now they think that we kidnapped their friend. Wait, yeah. we didn't kidnap their friend. Did we? 
Do we? Like that? <laughs> yeah. Like that was a, and I'm paraphrasing it obviously, but that was yeah. a, uh, just a fun, a fun little moment for Tim. A little bit of levity coming out of Tim's character. Yeah. Uh, all right. So then with that said, let's go into the feedback section of the podcast in which we have a couple. Okay. Uh, this first one is an email uh, that actually comes to us and says, hello, gentlemen of Monarch. I'm listening to your podcast for Monarch season one, episode five and episode six. I'm compelled to send feedback on two discussion points. Uh, number one. In episode five, Kate's relationship with Danny was new. The woman she is with in the bedroom scene was her current relationship in which I believed she was unhappy. Danny offered her a way out by asking her to leave the other woman and move in with her. Kate was not cheating on Danny. She was chanting, uh, cheating with Danny and huh. then accepts her offer to move on from her other relationship to pursue theirs. Her post attack regret about Danny is that Danny died in the attack so that their relationship didn't have a chance to continue. Okay, I I didn't see it from that way, but I'm not saying you're wrong at all. That's definitely most likely the case. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of missed that, but we did we did kind of say that a lot of things that added to her PAT, uh, PTSD was the guilt written uh, agency about not being able to resolve things with either partner because they I think both of them most likely probably died. Yeah. Yeah. In the attack. Uh, number two, in episode six, Kate remarks that Godzilla saw her, uh, saw in quotes, isn't meant in a literal sense that he physically saw her. It's also not necessarily about a connection between them, at least not in a personal hero heroine type of context, such as in the Godzilla series or Godzilla stories. Uh, sorry, okay. as in the Kong stories. Godzilla saw her means that he recognized her from G day and therefore did not attack them, but moved away from them. That's an interesting perspective hmm. that Godzilla recognized her weird. Well, I mean, it's not, I, I could see it. I mean, she did get a very up close look at Godzilla during G day yeah, on the bridge. So I, I guess there's a potential there that he saw her. Yeah. And and recognize her and like I don't know it's a good way to look at it is, uh, is or it like interesting different to, way is it yeah is it her trying to pull something from like uh, Godzilla ninety eight where it recognized Matthew Broderick look we're not going to get into this <laughs> we're not we're not getting into the Godzilla ninety eight debate again yeah, I'm not doing a debate I'm just saying it's in comparison. Although it's I'm going to put this, although I'm going to put this out there to anybody because we're going to give you the information on how to leave us feedback. We, <laughs> you and I, joke about Godzilla '98 quite a bit because I know yeah. your thoughts on it, and my thoughts on it are that I love that movie. Um, <laughs> maybe not, uh, maybe not as much as I should, but I do, mm-hmm. um, or maybe more than I should, but I do. So, to everybody out there listening, if you want to hear Mark and I debate on Godzilla 98 <laughs> once we're done with our monarch coverage <laughs> like as a separate episode of Wilhelm I'm all for it if the call is there if people want it yeah people want to hear it and if you're down for it obviously Mark no I'm, I'm fine with it <laughs> so like we'll kind of be like a Ben V Mark for Godzilla 98 <laughs> so if you want to hear it please let us know um yeah. 
Uh, but she says, I haven't seen any of the Godzilla or Kong films, and this isn't my typical genre of TV. Oh. I am, however, fascinated with cryptozoology, so here I am watching Monarch. I've listened to several of the shows in the Podcastica Network, which is how I discovered your podcast. Enjoying the Hollow Earth theory. Keep it up. Best, Tina from Milwaukee, Oregon. Oh, uh, thank you, Tina. Yeah, thank you, Tina. We love hearing from new people. So, um, And we're happy that you're listening to other podcastica shows as well yeah um check out wilhelm while you're at it since this is a <laughs> joint <laughs> uh but that leads us into voicemails that we have and of course we have a voicemail from sam uh, who's been leaving us voicemails for every episode so let's uh let's play that now hi it's sam from boston uh- for this show, I really like this episode. I, I thought they did a good job of showing May slash Cora to be, you know, this really complex person with this really interesting history. And, you know, she, I Kiersey Clemens got to shine in this, as we know she can, as someone other than a love interest. And it was just really cool to see her develop in that. And, you know, there's filler, but I'm, I'm trying to be patient with that. Um, and some great humor in here. This, this episode really made me like Tim a lot because he was just very funny. Um, and Verdugo's speech kind of fell flat for me. I mean, it was interesting with the music in the background. And it's also like, okay. I mean, they know Godzilla is real. So I think, you know, this adjacent government organization. Uh, okay. And the military already knows about them. So I'm, I'm, you know, okay. Um, but the music made it seem really intense. Um, in the big, uh, the beginning of apex, you guys called it that. That was cool. That was very cool to see the beginning of apex and that maze coding might've been connected to that. Uh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I, as much as I like, Kate getting together with May at the end. I mean, we're pretty sure they're they're going to be a romantic couple. I totally stand them together. I think they're awesome. I stand. However, she already had sex with Kate's brother before this, and it's like you have to borrow a line from friends. Do you really want to be in a relationship where you can say that's not how your brother used to do it? <laughs> so it's just a little awkward. I I kind of wish like he was just her friend or something. <laughs> Uh, and I think Shaw's plan is to close up all the portals into Middle Earth. And then at the very last one, they're they're going to use a Titan phone to lure Godzilla in and then bomb it and close it. So Godzilla is safe away from the military. He can't be bombed or destroyed anymore. And he can't be used as a weapon just like Keiko wanted. However, this makes no sense, like from a logistic standpoint. We know, and they know too. They Hiroshi and Shaw both work for Monarch, so they know that there's other Titans already embedded into the planet. It's not like Middle Earth is a gopher hole where they all just pop out of whenever they feel like it. Like, no, they're already here. They're in volcanoes. They're in ice, even though I was an alien. But they're they're cocoons. They're already here. So you're going to get rid of our one defense against them. And what? Like, like, what are we going to do with the rest of them? So, like, like they know the Mudos came up. Like, they were already here on, on planet side. They didn't come up from the entrance into Middle Earth. So I'm really confused. Am I missing something of why Shaw thinks that this is a great plan? So, but I do hope that the Titan phone is a prototype for the Orca 
that would be kind of cool and connecting it to a movie that is still four years away in the monster verse. Um, and I think I know why narratively Kate made eye contact with Godzilla because they've done this in the three Godzilla individual movies in the first 2014 one, Brody made eye contact with Godzilla. We know Kate did it in here. And then it was Mark Russell that did it in the third movie. And what it seems like, if we had to tie the three characters together, the narrative thorough line is all three of these characters have suffered trauma and losses because of Godzilla. Brody lost his mom because of Godzilla. Uh, um, the Mudos killed Brody's dad, but Titan's a Titan to some humans. And um, and then with Mark Russell, he lost his son when Godzilla attacked San Francisco. So all three of these characters, Mark, Kate, and Brody, all view Godzilla as some sort of mindless monster. Uh, just going around destroying everything. And all three of these characters get this moment to make eye contact with Godzilla where he looks back. I think that's why they even explicitly said, like, he looked at me. Yeah. And they saw intelligence or connection. It wasn't just this mindless robot going around killing everyone. Although some of the iterations in the past happen, <laughs> but not the legendary verse. And so they're really bringing in of like, yes, he Godzilla is enormous, that roar, the size, the destruction, but he's not a mindless killer. There is intelligence in there. There is recognition in there. Like he is, if you've read the graphic novels, you can kind of get what they're picking up even in that eye contact. So like all three of them come away with like awe and respect towards Godzilla after making eye contact, which I can totally see. Um, so I think that's why they did that, like to narratively connect it. But again, <laughs> this show throws me for a loop with a lot of their writing and pacing. Thanks, Apple. <laughs> you guys clarified for that. Me, it's like, ugh. But uh, I'm guessing that may be what they're coming from. And also the connection of why Jaya Jia can connect to Kong has, I don't want to spoil anything, but it is a part of the legendary verse, the graphic novels. Kong and the Iwi people go way back, like even way back before Skull Island. So it's, you know, I get a feeling we're going to see it this summer with a new movie, but there's a reason why he's connected to these people. Like they, they've, been around his people for, for a very long time so i think that's why he's so connected to her uh awesome looking forward to the podcast sorry this is so long <laughs> uh thank you sam and thank you for that friends reference that made me laugh in the middle of your <laughs> <Yeah>. feedback <laughs> is that really that's not how your brother used to do it god that's that was damn funny um that's another really great theory on the whole kate godzilla i uh, I was going to say smoky eye look. That's not what it was. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like that's another good connection is kind of taking these people who viewed Godzilla as nothing but a mindless killing machine and giving them an opportunity to see that there really is life intelligence and maybe even a soul behind their eyes. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that. I kind of really like that theory. Actually, it makes me, look back at that episode and kind of appreciate that scene a little bit more now. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So now we're just going to go back and re-record episode six and just pretend I never said it. <laughs> and we'll, we'll steal Sam's theory on how that's what it means. Nah. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. Give her credit. Uh, Give her credit too. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that leaves us with, of course, a live steving from our friend Steve Brown. So let's play that now. Hello, Mark and Ben. This is Steve, and this is going to be for Monarch Season 1, Episode 7. Oh, Tim survived the helicopter crash? 
Oh, terrific. Another flashback three years earlier. We don't get to see <laughs> what's going on with May in this apparently private plane where she's been kidnapped and they left her bag on the floor of the restroom. Really? Okay, so Tim made it to the airport and now Kentaro wants to quit. Um, is this the penultimate? Is next week episode eight? Is that the last episode? Because this feels like a penultimate episode. Okay, so is Shaw now back fully with Monarch? They're taking over. He and the French woman are taking over this uh, outpost in Fairbanks, Alaska. Okay, so May's real name or whatever previous name was Cora. And now we're in Tacoma, Washington. Is Tom Tuttle there? So they're in Tacoma checking up on Cora May. Oh, Cora's sister with the tire iron. Woo. Oh, they were doing some sort of animal experiments. Ew. What were they? Ew. No wonder Cora slash May crashed their computers. Oh, okay. So this is, is May in the present. She's been kidnapped by this the company she used to work for. And they used to do these experiments on animals to try to control the Titans with a, some sort of chip in their head. Okay, so Monarch is now kidnapping because because Tim faked a Titan alert. The episode's almost over, so I'm, I guess some sort of deal was struck between Cora slash May, Monarch, and AET. I, I don't understand what's going on. I'm always confused. Oh, and now Tim's talking about bringing Monarch out of the shadows, making them public. Oh, Apex. Isn't that the company, the bad guys company from the movies? Oh, and Shaw's waking up some Titans, I guess. Trying to break into Hollow Earth. Okay, on to next week. Um, <laughs> I've said this on the revisited podcast whenever, or maybe it was on this one. I don't know, but I just love Steve when he's confused. It's just, <laughs> yeah, you said it on the revisited, I believe. I, I probably, uh, but Steve, um, bravo on that deep volunteers cut reference. That I don't know if you caught it. No, I didn't catch um, it. But when he said they're in Tacoma, he's like, is Tom Tuttle there? Uh, Tom Tuttle is the character John Candy played in the movie Volunteers huh. back in the 80s. Um, and I don't know what's worse, the fact that Steve made that reference or that I got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well played on that one. Uh, Steve, it is 10 episodes, so there's still three more episodes left. So we're not there just yet. Yeah, you got more to watch on that. But it, it seems like Steve kind of picked up on the Kentaro wanting to quit being the whiny whiny. Yeah, that I that I mentioned as well. So, uh, but thank you everybody for the feedback for this episode. We encourage you guys to leave us feedback in the future. Uh, easiest way to do that is just go to uh, easiest way to do that is to find us on social media, both through Podcastica or Wilhelm. Uh, on both of those sites, we always post a feedback post on there that you can comment on. Uh, so pod, uh, feedback dot, feedback.com. That's not right. Scratch that. <laughs> um, Facebook.com slash Wilhelm podcast or Facebook.com slash Podcastica. Um, every week, as I mentioned, there's posts there that you can comment on. Or you can always email directly at feedback at wilhelmpodcast.com. Uh, Mark, hmm? tell people what do you got going on? Where can people find you? Uh, anything coming up between now and the, the end of the year? What you got? Uh, well, I'll, I you can find me on Panels to Pixels podcast. And uh, we can be found on any podcast player of choice right now. 
We are going, uh, going to release The Losers next week before the new year ends. And then we're going to start up with the new year with uh, covering What If that just released on Disney+, Plus, which they've been doing an episode a day. Uh, the first two episodes are out already. So expect them until past Christmas to be coming out. So yeah, and uh, I think at the at the time people are hearing this, the third episode will be out as well. I believe so. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, um, I watched the first two and they were really cool. I really did enjoy them. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. You can find me also on Adrenaline Cinema Podcast. Right now, we don't have anything in the the works just yet. Most likely, we'll have something come after the new year. And that could, you know, you can find that anywhere. Both could be found on Facebook, facebook.com slash panels to pixels or adrenaline cinema, facebook.com slash adrenaline cinema podcast. Uh, and then obviously, with, like I said, adrenaline cinema podcast, you could uh, find on any podcast player choice as well. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, over on Revisited, as I mentioned earlier on in the podcast, Kristen and I, for the Christmas Day episode, are covering uh, Hannah Waddingham's Christmas special, Hannah Waddingham Home for Christmas, which is a really, really delightful uh, Christmas special. We both really enjoyed it. Um, but after that, we're back to our Ted Lasso coverage, and we are into season two. We are on, we are just at the tail at the beginning of season two. So if yeah. you're a Ted Lasso fan, go over and check that out, revisitedpod.com. Uh, but as for this podcast, uh, again, I have, uh, on Christmas day, I am dropping the last episode of Wilhelm for the year, which is my holiday feedback special, uh, hearing people talk about their cri- favorite Christmas movies, specials, things like that. Uh, but check out because this is a joint project between both Wilhelm and podcastica. We encourage you to check out both. So check out, uh, Wilhelm podcast.com for all of the previous episodes of this podcast or you can always go over to podcastica.com and check out all of the great stuff they have over there as well there's something for everyone over at podcastica um in addition to the end the end of the year holiday feedback special when we return in january new year's day we are back to monarch coverage you're going to hear our coverage on episode eight uh which is is I forget the name of the episode and I really should have had it prepared and I didn't. <laughs> um, that's all right. Uh, episode eight is the one uh, that'll drop on new year's day. And then shortly after that, as well as the continuing coverage of Monarch, uh, we're going to do the best of special that I do every year where we're going to talk about the, our favorite movies and television series from 2023. So again, wilhelmpodcast.com podcastica.com. And then, Mark, what are your websites again? Uh, you can find everything you need from me on PyroCoreEntertainment.com. Okay, perfect. Uh, before we get out, again, this it's Christmas Eve that this episode is dropping. So the only thing I really have left to say is I hope everybody has a safe and happy holiday. Uh, because you won't be hearing from Mark and I again until New Year's Day. We hope you have a safe and happy New Year's as well. Yep. Uh, drink, drink, respond, drink responsibly, please. Yes, please. Um, so that you're around to listen to or, our continuing coverage of Monarch. <laughs> yeah. If not, get an Uber and convince get your it. Uber driver to play 
the, <laughs> the podcast <laughs> as he's driving you home. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea, Mark. I love that idea. <laughs> have him listen to the podcast while he's driving you home and then have him subscribe to it so that he can keep listening to it. Correct. <laughs> I love that idea. That's the best idea. Uh, any final notes from you before we head out? Uh, no final notes. No, okay. Not that I could think of. So with that being said, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for everything. Uh, it's been a lot of fun covering this so far, but we're not done yet. We've got more episodes to go in 2024. But until then, we'll see you guys on another episode. Take care. Bye-bye.